We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome to Gaming Golf. Uh, it is the playoffs edition. We have actually started. Playoffs? It's the Northern Trust. Uh, we got uh, Scott Jensen and Jeff Ritter, as always. Uh, should be a very fun tournament. Lots of rave reviews about the field. So hopefully we got a lot of good stuff going on right now. Let's uh, jump right to it, guys. How you doing? Perfect. Playoff fever. It's raging. How are you yeah. doing? Yeah, I'm doing well too. This is the best. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, but this is the best field of the year. We, you know, you get some weird guys sneak into majors sometimes. You get 120, uh, whatever it is, 124, or whatever, how many guys here, but you get the top elite guys here all playing hard, all playing for a lot of money. Um, I think this is the best, uh, best field of the year before they cut down. I like the 125. It's, it's a great tournament. It is. It is. And it helps us bury the stench of bad putting in the last tournament there from people that we may or may not have backed. Actively, I mean, Russell Henley just really let us all down badly, and so uh, we're trying to get over that. Scott, I know you bet him. I had him in the our one and done. I had him in DraftKings everywhere. Yeah, not a little bummer there. Three three stroke lead, standing on the eleventh tee, and didn't even make the playoff that the entire field made. So it was uh, yeah, it was a gross fit. He was plus three. I think it last eight holes. He was minus fourteen on Friday night. Finished the tournament minus fourteen, which seemed truly impossible the time it was just uh i don't know playing the back nine on sunday when you're uh when you're not used to tearing that lead that's twice now for him the season with a three-stroke lead on sunday it's uh it's it's a whole other world out there on sunday when you got a lead not not a closer unfortunately yeah. that's two that's those are two tough ones for yeah. russell henley this year it, it was uh, tough though we, we, we picked him we talked about him a lot yeah. we talked about him for DraftKings. i had him bet we really like focused on him it would have been a really nice win but he still uh, he still played real well you know you always want to get give me a guy with a three-shot lead on the 11th hole every single time at the odds and i'll take it but uh it, it's it sucks when they don't work out and he just couldn't make a putt down the stretch tony fino wonders when he's going to be able to close <laughs> oh tony that's a, that's Tony Finau's first mention on the podcast in quite some time. Yeah, it my, is. My, might might be the last one today too. Yeah, who knows? That's uh, all. That's all I have. I didn't even have that planned. So that that's already more than I was expecting. <laughs> Good contribution there. Well done, Jeff. That's why we pay you the big bucks here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, mention. That's why SI Golf was an interest in partnering with us in the first place. Is for <laughs> nuggets like that. <laughs> Let's uh, jump right into it here. Okay, so great field. Uh, the playoffs have started. What about the course itself? What should we be looking for from this course? Well, you look for fewer player complaints now. Uh, you know, for a while, yeah. when, it first, when it first popped onto the scene uh, as part of the playoff rotation, this was like probably, uh, it might have been the most criticized golf course, you know, on the, on the PGA Tour. And they 
Uh, they kind of blew it up. Tee boxes, greens, and uh, it's it's risen, I think, through the ranks in terms of prestige. Uh, it was a fun venue for the President's Cup. And then uh, in terms of how it plays, I, I mean, I've probably just looked at tee to green first. The, the greens are not particularly large by PGA Tour standards. So from that point, I always just start going on who's going to hit these smaller greens um, and go from there. But I like uh, Liberty National has grown on me. It was fun to play it when I, I played it a few times when I was when I lived in Manhattan. It was fun to just get out there and just kind of get lost in that that setting. You know, you just kind of wind through the wilderness and then you pop out and see the city at different times. It's cool. It's a really yeah. fun spot. That would appeal to me. Uh, what type of hitters should we be looking for? Let me guess. Strokes gained approach to green. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's funny. Jeff mentioned how they changed the course. I mean, in 2013, the winning score was minus 11. A lot of people complained about that when it, when it hosted the Barclays. And then 2019, it hosted this tournament, and uh, Patrick Green won at minus 16. They cut the rough down a lot. The rough was a lot shorter in 2019 than it was in 2013. So um, if they kept it like 2013, I think I would have looked at, uh, you know, off the tee and accuracy and that kind of stuff. But now I think, you know, Ball striking is the king here. You know, Jeff mentioned the, the smaller greens. You want guys are getting close, but I think we're at the time of the year where I want current form. I want ball strikers, and uh, we're going to go from there, and I'll take my chances that guys can roll some putts in. All right, let's get after it here. Let's look at the first tier. Uh, I always start as 10,000 as my demarcation. It's totally not scientific. It's just, hey, five numbers is bigger than four, so let's go with it. There, there are seven golfers in this tier, though, this time. Starting with John Rom, understandably everyone's favorite at 11.5. DJ at 11,000 11, straight up. Jordan Speeth at 10.8. Xander at 10.6, fresh off his Olympic winning performance. Uh, Colin Morikawa at 10.4. Brooks at 10.2. Rory at 10,000. Jeff Ritter, what stands out to you? Most of them are rested. I mean, what a tier. This is, this is easily the most... Uh, power packed top tier of the season. Like we said, I think Scott yep. alluded to, it's just the field's unbelievable. Uh, I think Rom is rightfully the favorite. I don't think I would pay up for that in daily fantasy. I think there's just, there's so many got elite guys that are rested and have shown flashes that they're ready to win this, this event. So uh, I think for me, I I'd probably drop down $1,100 from Rom and just, Take Morikawa, who again the yeah. course profile is great for him. There's no reason he, he enters as the points leader. Uh, we've seen times where the FedEx Cup, you know, they had to tweak the format because the thing was over early. Where just the 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 right it does happen where you just feel like the right player plays well at the end of the season to win this. And I think Morikawa is everybody's consensus player of the year at this point. So it feels like it feels like he's going to get one of these playoff events to kind of put a stamp on it. So he's where I'd start with this tier. I'd go more Kyle if I was going to pick somebody in the 10,000s. You know, I'm never going to argue with uh, anybody that takes Colin Morikawa. Uh, it, it's wild. You look at the last 24 rounds, he's number one in this entire field in shot gain total, shot gain tee to green, shot gain ball striking, shot gain approach, and DraftKings points, since we're talking DraftKings. He's number one in the last 24 rounds in all those categories. So I'm uh, I'm big on starting with him there. The interesting thing to me is you mentioned Rom, and I think he's the you know playing the best right now. He, he won the U.S. Open, third at the British, eighth at the PGA's last you know, three events in the U.S., and obviously the Memorial was in there too 
and he would have won that if he hadn't had the COVID thing. I wonder at 11-5 if maybe we get a little situation here where there's so many big-name guys, you know, 1,000 or 2,000 below him, if he maybe sneaks in at a lower percentage ownership than we're you know expected to see on someone like Rom, who's playing the best of anybody, probably the best player in the world right now, he, you know, him and Morikawa kind of 1A and 1B right there. I just wonder 11-5. It's hard to fit him in. I like a lot of guys in the nines this week, so I'm probably going to go a little more balanced. But I wonder if you get Rom at like 18 to 20% and you, instead of the, the, like the 28 to 30% this week just because there's so many options – and he sticks out as so much more expensive than everybody else. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, and the thing is, it's a lot more attainable in a field like this because you're going to find guys in the sevens and sixes yeah. that you find acceptable, that are good players, not just uh, you know, got a guy that we might have recommended at six thousand last week that didn't make the cut or anything like that that I might have oh, used. Oh, Gellerman. Yeah. Ah, humanity. He had, ah, a run. he had a run, though, this summer. He did. He yeah, just he he did. can't putt. But the other guy. Much like that... Vincent Whaley had a run before him. And you know what? There, there's guys <laughs> like that. There's, there's a reason guys. why they. Yeah. And when they when they hit, they're really valuable. The other guy I love here that I think is really interesting is, is Rory at 10,000. Yeah. He just He's got to make some putts. Like you look at the WGC. He was 12th that tournament. He lost three and a half strokes putting. Just crushed the ball striking numbers. He gained 9.7 strokes T to green in that tournament. U.S. Open, same thing. He gained 12.2 shots T to green and lost 2.2 putting. Like if he putts at all, just give me an average Rory week. Um, I think he puts. I think he's right there, and I think he's kind of snuck in a nice range where there's so many options. He's you know nobody's going to be really high percentage this week. You can kind of take who you want, and the you know, chance to get Rory at the what is he the seventh highest price. Um, I'm at Morikawa and Rory in this range. I love Rom, but it's just a little too expensive for me. It's, it's kind of a game theory play there, but. Morikawa and Rory, and I'm actually going to bet Rory to win the tournament this week, too. I think he's like the ninth highest in odds or something like that. He's 22 to 1. Um, mm-hmm. I love getting that. I just think he's going to hit a putting week here soon. Yep. Uh, interesting that no one said anything about Brooks. We always talk about Brooks in big tournaments, and he's at 10 2. He's, but, you know, and he's got to be part of the calculus, right? He has to be, but we didn't even rent, we didn't even mention Speed that much, too. And he's probably, you know, been the, well, the third best player so far this year. Or Xander, and- who's in form. Uh, yeah, I just with Brooks, he just played so badly at WGC that maybe that uh, you know just worries me a little bit. But you know, you're right; he always steps up for big events, and you know, nobody's gonna be surprised if Brooks wins this tournament. Um, I just prefer Morikawa and McIlroy this week, and you got you got to pick between the guys up here, and I'm, that, that's where I'm picking. It's a FOMO tournament. I can see myself yeah. building way yeah. too many turn, uh, well, way too many lineups because you, can, you know I want. Yeah, yeah, talk them up. You can talk any of these guys up, and even the, the tier down. We're going to get into the nines. You could you could build a whole uh, roster off the nine. I mean, I love I love the nines this week. I, I love but, it. All right, well let let's go to the nines. Let's yeah, you, we're I'm not exactly dressed to the nines, but we got a bunch of good nines. JT ninety eight, Bryson ninety six, Victor Hovland ninety four, Answer ninety. I mean, excuse me, Hovland ninety five, Answer ninety four, Scheffler ninety three, Cantlay at ninety two, Berger ninety one. Hideki at 9,000. Uh, we started with Jeff last time. Let's go Scott this time. I love the low 9,000 this week. I'm mean, mixing and matching a lot of guys here. I like Scheffler, Cantlay, Berger, and uh, and Decky this week. Just guys that are all hitting the ball well. And you look at Cantlay, like missed the cut at the at the British, and that was like, the big thing. A lot of people liked him that week. I think we did too. Uh, but top 25 for the last five weeks. He had a win at Memorial. Obviously, you know, he probably would have finished second, you know, if Rom stayed around. But huge T degree numbers in five streets, hitting the ball really, really well. He putted terribly at WGC and still finished 23rd. I think this is a week where he slides under the radar. People were mad at him for missing the British. He didn't do much at the WGC, kind of hidden in there, how, how well he played, consider how badly he putted. Um, I love him in there. Scotty Scheffler just uh, just plays well in big events, too. You mentioned Brooks, but, you know, he has, Scheffler has four top tens in his last seven. 
Um, Berger's playing great right now. Hideki's hitting the ball really well. It's just a matter of putting. I, I love this bottom 9,000. I'm going to mix and match a bunch, but if I got to pick one guy to kind of ride with, I think I'm going back to Cantley and his grumpy face. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you think, but Cantley, that grumpy face is that you, you've tried to try to perk him up all summer and it just hasn't, hasn't quite come through. Uh, I'm with you on Berger. I think Berger's become that high, that high tier guy that seems to be underpriced every week in this game. Uh, he's had a great summer statistically profiles. Well, uh, could easily see him right there on Sunday at this event. And the other guy that I had that, that Scott didn't mention, and I'm surprised because we've mentioned him just about every show this summer is, is Abe answer coming off his first win. Uh, not a fluke. I mean, he's been building to that win all year. It was close and I don't see why he couldn't continue to ride the momentum to another uh, top 10 finish. And on a personal note, he owns a driving range here in San Antonio and uh, I went and hit balls there last night. So just a oh, there you you know, karma, karma thing. Yeah, I've already, um, I thought it could be an omen. Probably how'd not. It, but, how'd, you uh, hit, how'd you hit him most importantly? Uh, yeah, it's uh, fine. I don't know. It's kind of breezy as mats, but it was fun to just, you know, hit the ball and just see the ball in the air. Uh, it was all right. But uh, Abe can answer. I, can't abandon can I, him now. Can I bring up one more interesting guy in this range? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you may. No, d- deny the listeners. No, you may not. Yes, of course. So I wonder if low-key under the radar, Justin Thomas really found his game uh, at WGC. He It was very hidden because he lost 5.1 strokes putting. He putted terribly, finished 26, but you look at the ball striking numbers, gained 6.3 tee to green, 6.1 approach. I wonder if maybe he figured something out that week. Nobody, I think he's going to go really under on this week. We talk about the guys above him. We talk about the guys below him. Everybody loves everybody around him and nobody's going to love Justin Thomas. He hasn't had a top 15 since uh, since May 2nd at, at Valspar. Hasn't had a top 10 since he went the players in March. I don't think anybody's going to own him. He's under 10,000 for an absolutely elite player. I think he might've found some at WHC. I think he's a really good uh, GPP tournament type of guy this week. I like it. I like it. Making a note. Yeah, uh, I'm taking furious notes here. And I, I figured, by the way, that Scott didn't mention, mention answer because you were going to do it there, yeah. Jeff. And you, you did that, yeah. just catered to you to let him bring him in there. I did. Uh, and I played this range. I mean, geez, it could, that, was a, that was like a double a double mention for answer today. <laughs> yes. Uh, before we move on to the 8,000s, quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's hit the 8,000s. We love the nines. Do we love the eights? Webb Simpson, 89. Harris English, 88. Paul Casey, 87. Patrick Reed, 86. Cam Smith, 85. Adam Scott, 84. Corey Connors, 83. Tony Finau, there he is, 82. Joaquin Neiman, 81. Sam Burns, 8,000. Jeff Ritter, what do we like in this group? Uh, just when you're ready to write them off for uh, surf season, Adam Scott returns uh, and suddenly, you know, could have won it last week. Didn't, but uh, it's got my attention now at that price. Uh, and certainly an on-form Adam Scott can contend at a course like this. Um, I also flagged immediately Paul Casey, who's really five, yeah. top, five top tens in his past seven starts. There's major championships in that last seven starts. He just He's been there all year. I think that's a great price for Casey. So those were my two favorites off the tier, but certainly like the nines, there's a lot of heat in the 8,000s this week. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised at all that Casey, he gets mentioned pretty much every time we do one of these big field, I mean, great field tournaments because he, he he's not priced high. And so we get to get a bonus on him and he's always there. Uh, in the eights, I love Paul Casey, which is, uh, there you go. Um, yeah. Just you, you talk about like, you know, you look at uh, shot gain numbers and you got like green and you have like really green if you use that kind of format. And I mean, he's just so good the last five, six tournaments, tee to green and approach. Just hitting the ball so well. You know, Jeff mentioned the, the results, three top eights in his last five tournaments. Again, I just think you're, I think Jeff's right. I think the, you, you get a tournament like this, he's just underpriced. But the other guy in here that I think, uh, you know, maybe gets a little lost because he, you know, he kind of gagged it down the stretch at WC is Harris English, just playing really well too. Guy that's a, you know, last four weeks, really, really good tee to green, finished, has has three top fours in the last four weeks. And I think at 80, what is he, 8,800? Yep. I think he's a guy that maybe gets lost just name-wise in there. I don't think a lot of people are going to rush to have him. You got Casey right underneath him. You got Reed. You got Adam Scott underneath him. I just think that uh, he's another guy that probably won't be highly owned. He's playing really good golf right now, despite the despite the back nine at WGC. So I guess you guys were just leaving Corey Connors for me to bring up then at 83 because he's always mentioned in our podcast. He's always in this range in big tournaments, and he, you know, he seems like a, a guy that's always there after the cut. I don't. Uh, I don't love the current form. I love the player, but I don't love the current form. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I love the mention, though. I love you know. <laughs> okay. Get him in the show. What, right, uh, that- what do you guys? What do you guys think about Reed? Uh, you know, he's just been kind of all over the place. Like he's he's got a, he had a win earlier. He won this tournament in 2019, but just kind of feels like he's a little bit off the last couple of months here. He's playing really well in in the middle of June. What do you guys do with someone like this that you know won this tournament uh, what two years ago on this track? Um, but not doesn't have the greatest current form. I think it's just current form is the thing. I think that's why I've been staying away from him a little bit myself. Uh, you know, he withdrew from the Wyndham 
you know, didn't like seeing that. You know, I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about why on that one. Haven't seen anything on that. Uh, I think he had a very aggressive schedule for a while. You know, I, I yeah, think he usually easily does. Yeah. And especially cause he got you know added into the Olympics last minute there. Right. That that's what, and then he still played, uh, the, the St. Jude after that. Um, to me, I, it seemed like he needed last week off at the window. I mean, it seems like right, that's right. maybe why he did. Uh, but just, I don't know. I'm probably not going to go with him in my laps. But he's a guy in this range that you know can actually win the tournament. We talk about a lot of For guys sure. that play really well. He's a guy that has win equity down here, as they always mm-hmm. call it. But I don't know. I just uh, I'm such a current form person that I'm worried that it's just not quite there. I don't think I'm going to get there. I just think it's it's so much easier for me to go up 100 to Casey, like just as a slam dunk. I, I take Casey every day. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You guys, ready to hit the the, the vast middle, the seven thousands? Sure. All right. All right. Let's go. You know. You know what? I, I, I'm not going to break it in half. I'll just let you guys talk about top top of the tier, bottom of the tier in the 7,000s. I'm not going to name every single golfer because there's a ton of them, starting at Fitzpatrick and Kisner and Hatton up at the top of this tier. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to like Hatton at 78, though. I think so, too. You got, I think he's the 13th ranked player in the world. You get him under 8,000. I think just people automatically will just go and click that. Betting-wise, too, he's 55 to 1. Like, you're getting a top 15 player in the world, 55 to 1. He's been a little bit all over the place lately. Missed uh, missed the cut at both opens, uh, but then bounced back a little bit last week at WGC. Um, yeah, he's on my uh, he's on my list here. I haven't fully decided how, I'm gonna, how much I'm going to play of him, but uh, you, know, you get a guy under eight thousand at that price. You, you feel dumb if you look back and didn't play him. He did well. Yeah, that's a good call. I like Matt Fitzpatrick still as well. Uh, not a consistent summer for him, but he's flashed at times. This feels like a golf course that would be gettable uh it doesn't necessarily emphasize power or power isn't like a a checkmate advantage like some like it is this other courses so i flag fitzpatrick and then just moving to the bottom half of the tier uh, a couple guys we've talked about a lot this summer like i like seamus power who's shown the form is at the end of the summer here and just very quietly going along i haven't seen much of him in the last month but he's been on my fantasy team and so an ode to charlie hoffman for the season uh his best career season i believe uh, to be priced that low, I could see him rested and coming back and, and hanging around on Sunday. So I, uh, in the sevens, I really like going back up a little bit at the same price as Hatton. I, I think lower percentage that I like a lot. I really like Sung JM this week. I know that's not going to surprise you guys, but yeah. another guy kind of like JT, who I think just quietly found it last week at, uh, at Wyndham. JT was at WGC, but he was at Wyndham last week. He lost uh, two and a half strokes putting, but gained 4.7 on approach, gained 8.6 on T Green, hit the ball really, really well last week. I actually think getting past the Olympics is a good thing for Sung Jay. I think he can kind of just focus on playing now, which I really like. And he had some hiccups there. You can kind of tell. And he's sad he didn't play the British. And um, I think it's time now. I think it's 7,800. He's too good of a player to be priced that low. And I think that uh, I think he'll be uh, definitely lower percentage owned than Hatton. So I, I really like Sung Jay this week. And then you drop down to the low 7,000s. You got someone, Brandon Grace, last week that played really well. Granted, he's putted really well. He's kind of been riding off that a little bit. But 7,200. I'm not quite as worried about that. But you look at his last four tournaments. He had one missed cut and three top sevens. Like you get anybody that uh, can make the top ten at 7,200. You gotta you gotta jump all over that. And he was he was really good hitting the ball at U.S. Open and Memorial last week. Was more putting, but he's just hitting the ball really well, playing solidly. And uh, I gotta mention him, my 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 guy down here at 7,100, Johnny Vegas. You know, really low price. We saw him up a little bit in these lesser tournaments, but. Three straight top 15s. He's gained over four shots. TD Green in five straight weeks. Just hitting the ball fantastically well. At 7,100, all you got to do is make the cut. He's a guy that's shown he can get in that top 20. So I like I like Grace and Vegas down here. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Vegas, actually. So I'm glad you met, glad you brought him up. Um, 
who's who's going to be the popular guy in this group? Is it going to be Hatton? Is there going to be anybody else in that where like it's so chalky that maybe you want to avoid it? It's a good question. I think Hatton is definitely that guy. I think uh, the other guys seem pretty well priced for a big tournament like this. I don't see anybody that really sticks out. I think Ian Poulter is going to be very popular at seventy seven hundred. I've uh, heard a lot talking about him. He's been playing really well too. He finished tenth uh, at WGC. A lot of a lot of putting there, but does just. He's a guy that's been playing pretty well. So I think Poulter are probably pretty popular in that range too. Very cool. All right. Six thousands. Let's go down there. Let's find some, let's go to the bargain basement, see if we we'll, see what we can find. Jeff or what do you got in the six thousands? I didn't, I've stopped with my lineups right at that power and Hoffman line at 7,000. I tried, okay. actually tried to stay out of this. I, I didn't feel the need to dip down. The one guy, I, I guess if you're going for sleeper, uh, I mean, course experience, I don't know. I, the one guy I was surprised Schwartzel. I had to look back because he was a guy that had run hot earlier in the summer. It's been off form a bit now at 69, but um, certainly a guy who's capable in this type of field of of making an impact. Played in the Presidents Cup when it was here, uh, but I didn't. I didn't love this tier as much. For me, it kind of ran out uh, right at that 7,000 line. I looked at Charles too. He was horrifyingly bad last week at Wyndham. Like yeah, he lost, yeah. he lost nine strokes total. He lost on my five roster. And a half, I know. Lost five and a half TD green. Like that's hard to do in one tournament. You read, we talked about all these numbers. Like you know how were they good or great? Like he was. He lost five and a half off the tee. Also lost putting. Like it's crazy how bad he was. He just he just completely lost his game last week. Yeah, I, I can't get I can't get behind him. I I in our season long league. I actually have options that have choices this week, and he was an easy decision to bench. So I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I'll go. I'll go that path. Uh, I wanted to mention, just for the record, that the the tribute to uh, Matt Kuchar and the actual Kuchar are the same price <laughs> at six sixty four hundred. So a true passing of the baton there. That's just yeah, perfect, so, beautiful. So I, I don't like Charles, but there are some guys down here I, I do I think are very playable. The first is a guy that you know current form flashed last week. Roger Sloan at sixty eight hundred was in the playoff and didn't win, but uh, two straight top twenties. His ball striking has been really good the last three tournaments. He's made five straight cuts. I think he's very playable at sixty eight hundred. You drop down a little bit, it's tough. It's, it's one of these guys that's been just kind of living off the putter. But Brian Stewart at sixty five hundred, top fifteen four straight weeks. Like that's really impressive at sixty five hundred. But last week he lost strokes, lost strokes, tee to green approach and off the tee, gained nine point one shots putting. I just don't know if that can survive. I think he's actually be the name people go down to here at sixty five hundred. I'm scared he's going to miss the cut this week. He feels very much like Hank Lebiota did, kind of after he rode those three good putting weeks and then kind of fell off. Um, he had to withdraw, which wasn't obviously it was a family thing, but they missed the cut the week after. Um, so I'm actually going to avoid Stewart, although I think that a lot of people will be on him. The other guy who's a little bit interesting to me down here is Matt Wallace at sixty five hundred. Just a guy who um, he struggled in May and June, but you look at his last three tournaments on the Euro Tour. He was twenty sixth the Scottish. He made the cut. He was 40th at the British. And last week, or two weeks ago, he finished T8 at the – I had to look it up. It's the Kazoo Open, supported by Gareth Bale. So that's right down Jeff Erickson's uh, track right there with the with the soccer tie-in. Uh, but yeah. played really well, 6,500. I think he's a guy that can uh, make the cut. I don't know if he can compete, but like a top 30 is – I think he's very in play for something like Wallace, who's a, who's, a, who's a better overall player than this price dictates. I must have been in Wales because Gareth Bale is, is Welsh. And, uh, you know, that's – why else would he sponsor, you know, be supporting a tournament unless it's for his home country there? The Kazoo Open just sounds like a lot of fun. I'd like to play that next year. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's not as – yeah, I, it would be fun. It would be cool. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the betting sheet. Uh, Jeff Ritter, who do you like on your betting sheet? Well, we go back to some of the guys we talked about before. I just – I 
it jumped out at me. Rom ten to one can't do it. Uh, but Morikawa twenty to one is is Colin Morikawa really twice less likely to win this event than John Rom? I think not. So I started with Colin with Morikawa twenty to one. As we said, we'll never see him at thirty to one again after the after the British. But uh, twenty to one, I, those a little. I thought those were decent odds for a guy who's who's on track to be the player of the year. Uh, and then I'm going back to Abe Answer thirty five to one and Paul Casey. I show thirty to one. Um, and then I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Matt Fitzpatrick, 60 to one, 60 to one, two. I like that. That's where I am on the betting sheet. It's tough, but tough betting. There's a lot of guys in that, like we mentioned the nine thousands. I like them. They're betting odds kind of in the twenties, but obviously you have to limit yourself there. You can't take everybody. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with Rory at 22 to one. I just like the, I like the price on him. I think he's the, he's the sixth highest. I just think I said eighth highest, but the sixth highest guy he's tied with Brooks at 22 to one. I'm going to go him. I'm going to go Patrick Cantlay at 30 to one. Really like the price there. I think he's going to be uh, in the mix on Sunday. And then I'm probably going to go uh, Hideki just because I think the price is too high. He's 40 to one. I think the ball striking is so good that he puts a little bit. I think I like the 40 to one. And then going to drop down to some bombers. I'm going to go Sung Jay at 65 to one for sure. And I think Brandon Grace at 90 to one and Johnny Vegas 100 to one for a couple bucks. You know, tough tournament for them to win, but I right. think the I think the odds are long enough to throw a couple bucks on. But uh, Rory, Cantlay, Hideki, and Sung Jay are going to be uh, getting most of my money. Very good, very good. All right, let's finish up with one and dones here. Uh, Jeff Ritter, you go first. Uh, I have – this tells you how badly the one and done has gone for me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably in 39th out of 43 entries. Uh, I still have John Rahm available. I don't know how I, how that's even happened. But I'm going to save him and hope he doesn't get COVID this week and I, I might take him <laughs> a little later in the playoffs. I'm going to go Paul Casey. My question for you guys is, will I ever be able to use Dustin Johnson? I still have him. He's like flashing at me on the page, but I'm not going to take him. I'm going to go Jordan Speed this week. Uh, I haven't used him. I want to use him. I think this is a uh, a good setup for him, even though I'm not going to probably pay the DraftKings fight or bet him at the 12 to 1 over he is. I think I'm going to go uh, – I think I'm going to Speed. I have Speed, DJ, and Bryson left, so this is probably going to line up as my, as my three down the stretch here. So I also have DJ left, and I was thinking about, you know, course history is pretty good. Uh, but current form is just, ugh, yeah. You'll be, you'll be the only guy on him probably, right? Perhaps. I also have Cantley available though. Oh, and I also, I like and I, yeah. so I'm going Cantley. Uh, even though there's going to be other people on him, I know. Uh, do we, but, do we play three more or just two more in, in the one and done? That is a question. That is I it's, it's a I question. Think I think it's just the tour the next week and then the tour championship. And I think that's all for us. Uh, we do we do play the final the final I thought we played the final one, but we don't use their we money. Like we have some sort 10, of formula. Or maybe that's just our regular season league and maybe yeah. not maybe not one and done. I, I should know. I should probably know the rules before I sign up for leagues, right? Yeah, I, I should know that. I know for our league, we use a, we have some sort of dividing yeah. divi- divider program there for that. But uh, anyway, so I'm gonna go Cantley. I'm on, I'm on the I site. Right clicked, now. I'm on the site right now. We do use it, by the way. Okay, I originally clicked DJ, and but I can't do it. I, when Cantlay, I still have Cantlay, and I like him better this week. And then DJ at 11,000 DK was like just a non-starter. There's no way I'm going to be spending that much money on the guy at that form. How good did it feel to get your first win in our in our draft league last week? Though it must have been good. You don't want to go zero. Yeah, well, it teased me because I also have Adam Scott, and I thought I was going to win on the first playoff hole. And of course he gacked the putt, but Adam Scott rallied over the weekend. He was one over the cut line and then at like 64, 65 to get into that playoff. So can't really complain. Yeah. It felt good. I'm all the way up to seventh place in that league though. Nice. Um, that's a, yeah. That's you get, good. you get two guys in the playoff and a win. That's nice. Yeah. So uh, that was, that was good. Um, 
Would have liked to have Henley though instead, and the one and done. And as I think at, I don't know where, where I have a better chance of cashing in, but uh, at any rate, um, it would have been better for the show too if Henley would have won because we all were on him last week. But any other parting thoughts before we take off? Uh, I don't think so. I, this week's this week's fantasy football question. I, I I'm, oh yes, I'm that's moving right. Out of, moving out of drafts. Uh, in a in a dynasty league, I may have the option between Najee Harris or Travis Kelsey. Uh, might slip through. Uh, Kelsey looks like he's going to slip through the the two player keeper that I'm in, and I pick early. So do I go with the franchise running back in two years, or do I go win it all to, and take a run at Kelsey? He probably doesn't have two years of value. Maybe he does, but that's who that's are your I, two? Who are your keepers already? McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill are my two keepers. I go Kelsey. What do you, what say you, Scott? It's a really that's a really tough one. Um, I like Kelsey overall, but I just wonder with Hill how well that works. Are, but... Running backs are currency in this league too. They're just like they are they're gold. You get those. You, get, you get either guy. You get either guy for two years. Yeah, you could protect him twice, up to two full, times in a row. Full, full point PPR or half? Half. Ooh, that makes it a little tougher. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, yeah, I still gotta go Kelsey by a little bit. Okay. All right. I got. How about a golf a golf fantasy question for you guys? Nah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Well, you guys, uh, you guys like Vegas or Cam uh, Cam Davis more this week, coming off the uh, the recent win. Is this for our league? Yeah, I'm I'm going with Vegas, but I was just wondering. If yeah, you guys I'd probably crazy. I'd probably go Vegas too, but I'm I, I recent form. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think I'm going to go that way. He's my they're my fifth and sixth calls right there. So it's uh I, I need a win this week if I'm going to catch Josh. I probably need a I probably need a win uh, one of these last couple of weeks. You're in second now. I'm in second now. Well, That's, uh, how many? Eight? You got a million wins in that. I have, how many, how many I, I have five wins, but I uh, Josh has like five thousand top fives. But uh, the uh, the the last week playoff, the the answer versus uh, against uh, the two guys I had in the playoff just killed it. I, I would have been right there otherwise. Yeah, that that, that playoff was just a gut punch. That was yeah, totally right. I had the two. I had Decky and whoever else was in it. I don't. I can't remember anymore. But that was a one point eight million dollars swing, and I'm about two point two behind. So it would have been right there. It would have been fun. Yeah. Indeed, darn it, Josh. Yeah, uh, he's 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 been up there. All year. He's he's he has an awesome team. Every time he yeah. submits his team on on the lineups, I'm like, oh my god, I can use all these guys in the same team. Yeah, it's like he listed. He goes five starters and four guys cheerleading, but the five stars like, oh, I want him, want him, want yeah, like yeah, all right. guys are like, oh, he's gonna be top twenty the whole way through. It just you you know why he's winning the league right there. Exactly, exactly. All right, hey. Good stuff, guys. Good luck in the uh, the Northern Trust this week, and uh, we'll be back gaming golf for next week as we continue the playoffs. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have a great day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.